0: The following is a Bunkerzilla original production. We are Monsters of Culture. Why hello everyone and welcome to this edition of Bunkermania here on Bunkerzilla UK. I am Jeremy Graves, and I am joined by, let's say today, because I want to go high class here, he is my Scott Hall, if I'm Kevin Nash and the Outsiders, Mr. Ian
1: Bolton. Ian, how are you doing? Now that, now that's a good comparison. I like that. I like that a lot. Hello, I am doing well. How are you doing, Jeremy? Not so bad, not so bad. Just
0: to put a timestamp on this for people, we are recording this on Thursday, the 19th of August, which is genuinely which is weird to say Ian it's two days before SummerSlam because SummerSlam's happening on a Saturday.
1: Yeah. Two days before SummerSlam, but the day before the, like one of the most crazy weekends of wrestling is probably about to unfold before us. And it's like, it's totally. like this, we're, we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about a lot of things that are going on behind the scenes in terms of uh, NXT and obviously some of the big stuff that's probably coming up for AE doing stuff like that. And it, I think for a wrestling fan right now, it is a very exciting time. It is a very exciting time because all these various things are happening. Changes are happening. Or the landscape is, by the end of this weekend, the landscape is probably going to change drastically. And it feels a little bit surreal. It feels a little bit weird. But it also feels incredibly exciting.
0: agree with you. And we should put this out there now for people that we mentioned SummerSlam's two days away because it's an integral thing to mention. We're not actually talking about main roster WWE and SummerSlam today. What we decided we're going to do is we'll probably talk about that after the fact there is literally going to be so much happening this weekend that we'd be here for freaking hours otherwise. So we are purely going to be focusing on everything going on within NXT because... That in itself is a freaking minefield to to try and navigate through. And then also just a general catch up on AEW because AEW in itself is also a bit of a minefield to get through because there are so many strands of things happening both on camera and off camera right now. So that is where we are going with today. But before we go any further, folks, if you do just want to jump to either the AEW discussion or the NXT discussion, there are... Chapter markers in this episode, so make sure you check out the information and you can get the time code and skip to that point precisely if you do not want to hear me rambling about AEW or perhaps you want to just hear Ian ramble. I say ramble about NXT because, quite frankly, you've watched more NXT than I have because I've watched none recently because I've not had much time because I've been moving house. That's my excuse and I'm sticking to it.
1: Uh I, I have a feeling it's gonna be a show of two halves of fun with AEW and then some frustrations and depressing aspects of NXT. And we'll get we'll touch onto that a little bit. But let's get the show underway. Let's let's start chatting wrestling. Indeed. So AEW, right. Where the heck to begin with
0: AEW? I'll tell you what, let's do this. <laughs> Let, let's talk about the fact that AEW now has a new television show. They've got AEW Rampage, which airs Friday nights in America, very early Saturday morning here in the UK. You can watch mm-hmm. it here in the UK on fight.tv. I don't know off the top of my head if it's actually being shown on a version of an ITV channel, but for sake of argument, you can watch it via fight and such.
1: Yes. not Yeah, I am aware that it is only available on fight. It, I, I've not heard anything about it being on ITV. I think we mm. probably would have heard it from our... Uh, from the UK wrestling community by now if it was on ITV. I think ITV only has Dynamite still. There you go. And the the first thing that's got to be said
0: about this program is it's one hour long, which in this day and age for a, what I will call, premiere wrestling show to only be an hour long, it feels quite refreshing. And this episode had three matches. There was also technically an angle, if you want to call it out, but it was actually just a really cool thing. But Mm -hmm. there were three matches on the show, and this hour flew by. And in terms of just quick results of things that happened, we got, I I guess, an an all-out preview, technically, of Christian versus Kenny Omega, except the Impact Wrestling world title was on the line, and it did actually change hands when Christian defeated Senor Omega. We got Fuego Del Sol getting murdered, butchered, mullered, decimated, annihilated after hitting three Tornado DDTs in a row, by Miro, uh, and mm-hmm. that was a TNT title match, which Fuego did not win, and part of the stipulation of the match was that he would get a contract if he won, and then the surprise afterwards was that Sammy Guevara came out, and Tony Khan handed him a clipboard. Sammy went down to the ring and got to say to his best friend, he is now All Elite, which was a really great moment. Yeah, quite nice. and then quite And then the, uh, you could say that the hometown ending quite literally, mm. of this dynamite was uh, was Britt Baker, Dr. Britt Baker, sorry, DMD, uh, actually defeating Red Velvet, retaining the AEW Women's World Championship. And uh, after the match, there was a bit of an angle as well. Mm-hmm. It involved Chris Statlander, everyone's favourite best friend based alien, getting involved in some post-match shenanigans. On the heel, even though the heel was treated like a face because we're in the hometown of the heel, which in itself m- reminded me very much of kind of like, what was the phrase WWF used to say? Bizarro world. Like when they would go to Canada and like when Bret Hart in like 1997 was cheered uproariously. And then when he go back to the US, he was booed unmercifully. It was freaking great. And then that also signaled the, uh, I guess the re-debut technically of Jamie Hayter, British women's mm-hmm. wrestler, because she has not been in AEW for a while, who I'm going to be honest, Ian, when I first, the first like camera shot, if you will, that they showed of her, I genuinely thought for a second that, it was Becky Lynch because I did not recognize her.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, a few people on Twitter said, is that Becky Lynch? Um, I, to me, it didn't look like Becky Lynch. It looks like someone someone who should be technically important. Um, not well-versed in Jamie Hayter's career right now. I am aware that she did have a little run of AEW uh, back probably 2019, early 2020, before pandemic hit. In number um, four times. In the before times, yes. Um, but no, bring, bringing her in as a DMD muscle for the time being, I think is a good That's little a great nickname. Good old <laughs> DMD muscle. <laughs> <Grr>. <laughs> well, it's like she said it a couple episodes ago, Brick Breaker needed some muscle to watch her back and she's got it with Jamie Hayter. Um, We're going to have a, a Jamie Hater versus a Red Velvet match in the next dynamite that's coming up. Um, so we're continuing that little storyline a bit. I would say probably the the rampage match itself was was good. I liked the rampage match, but I think, yeah, it was very, very weird. It was very weird in terms of Baker being a real confident, sort of cocky heel in a way, but but also technically getting a baby face chair. Just, I don't know, it's weird. I was fine. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I like it. It's just, I think it was just a very weird thing because afterwards, Definitely. it's like it's like the crowd are just cheering Baker doing these very heelish things. And it's like, why are you cheering? <laughs> it's like, this, is, this isn't nice. But uh. for, for me, part of the reason I
0: think it feels weird is because WWE don't let people be the hometown hero. Mm. Or if they do, they beat them pretty much every yeah. single time. So... In this instance, and it's, it's a trend that AEW have done regularly. Like, they did it on the Dynamite that aired last night at the time of recording with Sammy Guevara, you know, being in Houston and it being his hometown. Like, they like to actually put over the fact, this is your hometown. You should, you will be cheered. We know it's going to happen. So let's use that to our advantage. And they like to mm. do it. And I, I don't have an issue with that. But yeah, it, it, it's... I don't want to say it's a fun novelty because that's already the wrong way to put it, but it's a fun dichotomy to the norm. So it's something different. It's really nice that, it, that they just go with it. And like I say, Rampage overall, I thought it was very, very fast, frenetic show overall. Mm-hmm. Uh, personally speaking, from a, I know a lot of discussion online has probably been had about the commentary team. I didn't have an issue with the commentary team, but it did. the only thing I had was that it felt like there was too many people. And AEW have been mm. pretty good when it comes to having four or five people on the booth and being able to strike that balance. But this is actually the first time I think there was a point of that there are too many different voices happening here, trying to almost jump in, not jump in on each other, because you've got to get chemistry and stuff. It takes yeah. time. But um, but this is like the one time where I thought S- you need to dial it back just a tad, I think.
1: Yeah, I I think the commentary team was good for the first episode. Obviously, it is the first episode, so a, a lot of the feedback and 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 comments that I probably have on this episode may be unfounded in the next couple of episodes. Who knows? Exactly. Um, But in terms of... I liked Mark Henry being like the backstage reporter and talking to people. It was quite cool seeing Mark Henry do that. He seems to be very comfortable in that role as well. So it's quite nice to see see him doing great well there.
0: I think he actually adds a really nice dynamic to it. Mm. Because when you get like... This is nothing against the other backstage reporters in any wrestling company, but... To me, there is, there is just a, again, I'm going to use the word di- dichotomy quite a lot. I don't mean to, but it's just a nice change of pace when you actually have a retired professional. Well, I assume retired at this point, professional wrestler mm. who like Christian even acknowledged it. It's like, Mark, it's great having you here. Like it almost feels like there is actually a personal connection to it. And it just gave a bit of a different vibe to a normal backstage interview. And I really genuinely like that, especially given that the first time we saw him being a backstage interviewer was just after Christian won the Impact title.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think you're right. I think it is good having like retired wrestlers involved in either commentary or in a backstage sort of interview role, because it gives that level of authenticity as well, because the wrestlers know what, is happening in the ring. They can call the moves correctly. They can, they know, they know from a storytelling point of view, what needs to be relayed to the audiences as well. So I think it's a really good thing. And I think, I think even raw when Samoa Joe was commentating, a lot of people liked the fact that Samoa Joe was commenting because again, it's like that, that authentic voice of experience and understanding of the craft of wrestling. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, for the first episode, yeah, the, the commentary was fine. I, I I have no issues with it. It's, um, it's interesting trying to get used to all the different sort of voices from Taz to Jericho to uh, mm. Excalibur. I mean, I do,
0: sorry, to, sorry to interrupt. You just said Taz there. I think he is one of the best commentators out there because he has that really nice blend of being able to talk about the moves confidently, but still mm. when he needs to proper just heal it up,
1: as it were. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, um, he's really good at adding that flavour of colour. Yeah, so generally we're rampage rampage. Um, I'm with you in agreement. I think the hour flew by terrifically well. Um, Some really nice bouts to start off the first episode. Uh, Omega and Christian had a really good match. Loved it was to the so finish. So good. Yeah, and it. And I think for those kind of worried about all out, I'm. I'm kind of more in agreement of if this is the way we're going for the time being because hangman is off obviously on paternity leave and stuff like that so be it i'm i will be happy with this for the time being um my only my only my only observation and this is from looking at all of the the AEW product that's coming out at the moment is a lot of it still feels the same in terms of presentation wise it's not because it's not because of the wrestling matches or or, all the commentary teams and stuff like that it's just it's kind of like the same setup, it's the same sort of camera angles, it's the same sort of aesthetic. And I think if Rampage is going to set itself apart, it does need to change a little bit. Because for me, I was just like, oh, this is like a third hour of dynamite. No, it's like, and don't get me wrong, a third hour of dynamite is quite nice. So it's mm-hmm. like you have two hours on the Wednesday, you have an extra hour on the Friday. Great, fun, lovely. Um, but yeah, I think I just, I just, I just don't want to get fatigued with with AEW product being the same, I suppose I, that that's just me. Who knows? A couple episodes time, I, I completely time, agree, mate. Yeah, who knows? A couple episodes time, they might change things completely. The fact is, the I mean, they've got most things down quite nicely. Different opening, different style of match cards being sort of boosted up and stuff like that. I like it. Um, I just think if they can just make it feel like it's a different beast every episode or every show. So do you not really feel like it's like dynamite and one just blowing into the other. I think I think it's a I think it's a good little accompaniment. And I think the fact that it is happening straight after SmackDown at the moment makes it more easier for sort of wrestling fans to kind of move across, I suppose. Because Definitely. despite I know we're not talking about main product main roster products, but considering SmackDown is Somewhat the better show out of Raw and SmackDown at the moment. Um, no, surely not. No, no, surely not. Must be. Um, can't be anything for a Tribal show Chief is better. B for better. <laughs> it's on Fox. That must make it the A show. Um, but yeah, no, I think I think Friday nights for wrestling fans. It's lovely for a Saturday morning, especially for us if we're mm. not working. If we're not working weekends, we wake up, get your breakfast kick off with rampage and then kind of skim through smackdown and watch the important bits and that's <laughs> and that's what i did last saturday <laughs> and i'm probably going to do the same uh this saturday as well um so yeah but no uh rampage in general good start good start
0: hmm. i will be very curious to see and to go back i'll go back to your point about like the aesthetic of the show in just a second but i'll be very curious to see if this is going to be another a show or mm. if rampage is very quickly going to turn into a B show so, because there there is potential for it very quickly to suddenly become like a, just a televised like B show in many ways but i think i don't think it will mm. at least for a while because there's too much momentum with like all out happening and stuff at the moment and mm. so much going on that there are there are literally matches that they can fill and the fact that we'll get onto this in a few minutes there is a sort of a mini very very mini tag t- tag team tournament happening to determine yeah. the number one contenders. One of the matches is taking place on Rampage tomorrow night at the time of recording, mm. and the next one will be on Dynamite this coming Wednesday. So they're still keeping things high profile, and if anything, it's a way to help just move things further along without having to cram it all into Dynamite.
1: Yeah, because uh, the the upcoming Rampage, we've got the fir- we've got uh, one of the tag matches. I think it's. Private Party. I don't know who else they're facing. Are they facing? Uh,
0: Bear with me. I've got that noted down here somewhere. Uh, It is Private Party and
1: Jurassic Express. Private Party, Jurassic Express. That's going to be a good crowd pleaser match. So we've also got Jade Cargill versus Kieran Hogan. Hogan just coming out of Impact. So obviously, hopefully, based on performances, she's going to be part of the AEW uh, roster very, very soon. And the main event is Moxley versus uh, Danny Garcia. And the promo Moxley cut on Dynamite yesterday Gives you a good idea that it's going to be a bit of a bloody mauling.
0: Yeah, it, it, do you know what? <laughs> this is interesting as well because when you think of it like this, like like Daniel, da- Danny, or Daniel Garcia, Garcia whichever one it is, I'm not actually very familiar with him. But yeah. it's interesting that they can actually use dynamite as a way to help elevate other people. And if mm. anything, the fact if people are going to be featured on on Rampage, sorry, um, on Rampage, they're going to feature people on there it may give an indication as to who long-term they want to try and make sure are on Dynamite, yeah. perhaps more, more regularly in the future, or it's a way just to get people on TV. I mean, from a ratings point of view, it'll be interesting to see how it works out. But I think, I know there has been talk about will will Rampage just become a, a, a B show. Mm. I think it certainly won't be an, an A show, but I think at the very least it may be an A minus slash B plus. Mm. Where it will still be integral, but hopefully it won't dilute anything that happens on Dynamite because speaking as speaking as a I've talked about a lot of episodes of Bunkermania before, but speaking as a someone who grew up watching WCW and loved it to bits, come like the year 2000, to put it bluntly, shit moved quickly. It was Mm. like something would happen on Nitro. You'd think, okay, that'll probably get resolved or the next part will be like next week. Nope, about four more chapters happen on Thunder two days later. And before you know it, it's like you're watching one of the latest seasons of Deep Space Nine. And if you've missed an episode, you're totally lost.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a general observation for me in terms of the roster of AWM and the fact that they're bringing in a lot more talent, incredible talent as well. And there's always the fear that when you know someone might be going to AEW or you feel someone should go to AEW, there's always a thing of, well, where do you put them on the card? Or how Mm. it's like, how vital are they to your show? Because this is the thing at the moment. It's like there are certain bits with the current storylines that I'm enjoying and there's certain stuff that I just feel I can't really get invested because there's not enough happening. A good case in point is Pack and Death Triangle. And Andrade and his little faction. It's kind of like there's a story there, and I think there's going to be a good story there. But the fact is, it's not really developing quickly. I know. I know people say don't rush stories and stuff like that, but it's but it's like you want to feel a bit more invested in the story than just having the occasional oh, oh, we have we're at odds with each other for some bizarre reason today. Let's let's pick this up again in two episodes time or something like that. And I think that for me, that is my only general observation of the, of the AEW roster. Um, I still feel by far out of this and any other product of wrestling product that's on mainstream media at the moment, it is the strongest. And it's mostly because a, the quality of wrestling is good. The storytelling is good. It's treatment of the audience is, is great as well. So it's like, and I mentioned this in a previous episode, we're not treated like idiots. We mm-hmm. we we are treated like we know what we're seeing in front of us. Don't try and kind of paste over the cracks or something like that. Um, so it's a great it's a great product. It's just there are some little things that just kind of niggle at me a little bit, but mm. I'd still recommend AEW. I really would. I really 100%. Would. But then, 100%. But yes, I, I'm detracting from the main sort of through-line conversation of... No, no, no you're, not, you're not at all. all it's just stories, obviously so. It, is, there's so much we want to talk about,
0: quite yeah. frankly, and there's, there it genuinely is, and that's honestly that's actually a testament to how good AEW is, is there is so much mm. you want to talk about. Yeah. Because quite frankly, I mean, again, I've not watched WWE in quite a while now. Part Again, partly because of Moving House, partly because I don't want to, given how it sounds at the moment. But there is also mm. an element of, I don't hear people being excited talking about WWE. Whereas yeah. pretty, pretty much anything on AEW right now, there is a sense of buzz about it and excitement. And you're talking mm. about, like, the aesthetic of the show and how can they maybe differentiate it a bit. On Dynamite last night, this is my random sort of segue to get into talking about Dynamite, but it does actually work. The actual okay. entrance way was slightly different. And I think it that was. might be because they were in a smaller building, which I've got to say, I actually really liked that building. And this is a tangent, but tangentially related. I don't know if you noticed on some of the wider camera shots they did, like, being close to the ring, but you had, like, a giant screen up in, like, the distance on like, opposite the entrance ramp. Mm. Where they would like be showing what's happening on the cameras. Did you notice what was next to that screen, which caught oh, me off it, guard, and I thought the, it was freaking it was a, fantastic.
1: It's the uh, it's the subtitled commentary being relayed to the audience as well, yep. which I think is part of their sort of way of including all wrestling viewers. So basically, people are able to to cover the action or follow the action mm-hmm. and so forth. And AEW have been very very strong with that from the get go on that. So yeah, I've, I've never actually, seen that. that was before. actually quite cool. It was quite yeah. cool.
0: I've never seen that before. I just, I just thought that is really, generally like you say, just really cool. And because mm. part of when you go to a live wrestling event, especially like a television based one, is you kind of miss the commentary. So mm. even if you're able to somehow get a grasp of what's being said, you know that that's just, it's just a great little touch that I wanted to mention. But the actual entrance way was slightly different. The tunnels looked a bit different. It had more of like. um sort of a structure to it i so say or you could see more of the structure maybe that's just a simple way to differentiate it between dynamite and rampage just have the tunnels yep. look a bit different or just go to a single tunnel or something it's definitely something they could do very easily i reckon
1: oh it's all, all basically just just lighting and just making sure the ring design and the rampways are is just a little bit different just decked out in rampage colors or logos and stuff like that rather than rather than standard i mean they do it for AW dark and dark elevation but it's like Dark and dark elevation have this very sort of very minimalistic approach. Yeah. It, it, is, it is simple, it is clean, um but it doesn't necessarily catch your eye. It just it's just it's just it's, just, it's aesthetically pleasing from yeah. the wrestler viewer. Indeed. But obviously we, we, we but the nice thing sometimes you look at say like the WWE logos for like raw SmackDown XT, they're bright, they're bold, they're colorful, and they represent that in sometimes the presentation and the staging, not necessarily right now, but back in the 2016 brand split, when they went mm. off to SmackDown Live and Raw, they had different style stages. They had different camera works. They had different, obviously they had different themes and stuff like that, but there mm. was something unique about both of them, which was quite cool at the time. Um, and if that's something they can bring back into WWE a little bit, maybe, I doubt it at the moment, but is that's is that something they could do, with the AEW stuff, I think that would be so cool. Mm, Because the amount of talent that's coming in at the moment, I would not be surprised if they end up doing a brand split, to be perfectly honest. And people will probably be absolutely fine with that because that means the wrestlers that they really, really support will get the time that they deserve. But yes, Dynamite. Dynamite last night.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, so the way we're going to do this is because we've not had a chance to sort of catch up on what's been happening over the past few weeks, we're going to sort of just, we're going to talk about a bunch of stuff like in blocks. I can't think of the right word. Consolidate. There you go.
1: Have you been able to consolidate all your wrestling knowledge and watching one go? Then with 10 easy payments, you can condense all the wrestling knowledge and watching that you have done with (laughs) WrestleBank. Sign up today. Call call us today on (laughs) 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 1-800-WRESTLEBANK. There you go. Call now.
0: (laughs) So let's begin with what I am going to phrase as super elite versus everything else. So first of all, Kenny Omega and Christian, that is the kind of main highest priority program that we have got in the ranks of AEW. As I mentioned on Rampage, Christian captured the Impact title from Kenny Omega in what was a great match. I really, really liked it. And Mm. I actually think that match... That is an example of where on Dynamite a couple of days before, people were really not up for that match. And even, no, I, I'll admit, I wasn't either. But then I thought, you know what? I'm going to watch it. I want to support AEW. One, I want to support AEW. Two, I want to see it. So let's see hmm. what happens. But holy crap, that match was great. And if anything, it's actually, not only did it was it a great title change, people in the building went nuts for it. And also it's actually made me want to see another match between the two, like really quickly, which you don't often see happen in AEW, quite frankly. There might at least be, you know, like a month or two before you see someone else face each other again, you know, program depending, but this just did a really, really great job. And from like a long-term wrestling fan point of view, and Christian actually acknowledged it in his backstage promo after he won the belt on rampage the belt, plural, sorry, that, Mm. that, when he was at the time in TNA, it was a chance for him to be a main eventer, to get a chance to contend for the world championship, to effectively be someone to carry a company forward. So he genuinely has a lot of history with Impact Wrestling. And that was acknowledged as well with Scott Damore being on commentary. And he was also on commentary mm. for the tag team title match, but for the Impact titles on, on Dynamite a couple of days before that as well, when it was Gallows and Anderson defending against the Dark Order. And that was a nice little touch because if you recall the way, or you may or may not recall, but the way that Don Callis was brought into AEW was as, at the time, the Impact Wrestling Vice President, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Now, since then on Impact, he has been fired from the role, as it were, and he's left. But it's just a nice little like, bit of continuity. And that's all what I ask for. You know, I like continuity and just keeping things consistent. And having Scott D'Amore there just added that little bit more of authenticity, which is what you were talking about a few minutes ago. And this Kenny Omega and Christian program, it's very interesting to try and figure out where they're going to go next. Based on Dynamite, Mm. we're definitely getting Christian versus Kenny 2 at All Out, given the fact that Omega attacked him after after the fact. In terms of what belt it's going to be for specifically, we know the AEW title is going to be on the line. Will it be a title B title match or is it just going to be for the mm. AEW belt? It wasn't actually acknowledged on AEW TV, which is still a random bit of con- continuity, which isn't, which is weird in itself, but we might get onto that a bit later. But Kenny Omega is still the AAA mega heavyweight champion as he was able to defeat Andrade, who also had the help of Ric Flair, which in itself, if you've not seen that clip online, <laughs> go out of your way to find it. It's mental. Uh, but it's like the you,
1: championship glory is there when you've got a flare in your corner
0: oh, championship glory you is just
1: is just away. there uh, you go anyway sorry I interrupted
0: no, no I, I, I'm, just, I'm excited you know but, but <laughs> Kenny Omega and Christian I've talked about it quite a bit now I am very excited to see where this goes next and honestly if you'd have asked me before that Rampage match would I be incredibly hyped to see another Kenny Omega v Christian match so soon after this Rampage one I, I said I probably would have told you I'm sure it's going to be good but I can't say I'm excited to see it again so soon but right now I want to see it badly
1: mm. I think with All Out if it's for AEW Championship I don't think Christian will win it mm, uh, Agreed. I think I think uh, Christian getting an Impact title is probably more to help impact sort of long term booking um, because they have done some more tapings for Impact uh, so if, you, if you're not aware of what's happened with Impact at the moment, I would advise you to fast forward a little bit, and hopefully Jeremy doesn't mind me spoiling something about the belt. You know what, Ian?
0: What we'll do? We'll put it in the time code. We'll
1: put it in the so, time so if code. Want, if you so you want to see the time code?
0: Your, have a look at the time code, and you'll know where to skip to. Yep.
1: Yeah, so this is your this is like your your one minute warning of spoilers for Impact. So basically, I'm going to um, put a
0: timer on so I can tell you when you're when you're done with a minute because that's how we're going to do this. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so fair enough. Three,
0: two, one. Go.
1: So in the latest Impact tapings, uh, the two belts become one. So the TNA World Heavyweight title is retired. Christian is now just known as the Impact World Champion. So the, the silver and red belt is the one and only, uh, and that is the way going forward. So you did see him with two belts on Dynamite, I think, this week. Um, in about a week or so, it's just going to be one. Continuity! continuity and that ends my little impact spoiler because obviously oh, people well, might want to go you into impact. Got 30
0: afresh. seconds left so i'm gonna say that tna world title belt holy crap how that is still a thing so many years after the tna name has been gone is is in itself quite it's a nice belt.
1: it's a nice belt i have to admit the tna world heavyweight championship the the, the problem the tna logo on it is a nice little belt
0: yeah, yes. it, it was all right. But I much prefer the Impact Wrestling one, admittedly. So, mm. and with that being said... And that said, was Impact. <laughs> spoiler zone ends. There you go. Good, it's, work. It's, good so, work. Any any other additional thoughts on Christian and Omega before we get on to some, to, to some other antics?
1: Um, No, I think Christian versus Omega is going to be good fun. Uh, Like I said, I if it's for the AEW Championship, I really do not see Christian winning. But you know what? That's fine. Keep your champion strong. And I think that'll be absolutely fine. It might it might not be the main event, considering how things are going in AEW. And uh, we'll we'll touch on that a little bit. But I don't well, think... We'll it, get on to that, yeah. It, it'll be a main event worthy match. It'll be a big marquee match. It'll the be card. one of the featured
0: matches on the event. Yes, there on the go. event.
1: But I don't think it will be the one to close the show.
0: So I mentioned that the Dark War, the challenge for the Impact tag team titles against Gallows and Anderson. And that was another part of like the Impact titles becoming more of a focal point within Mm. AEW. Because Gallows and Anderson, I want to say they may have defended the belts once before on AEW. I seem to recall there was another title defense, but I can't remember who against. But again, that was where Scott Demore came into play. But one of the bigger parts of that, that, I mean, first of all, great match. Because the Super not Smash. Smash Bros. now, they're called Dark Order. But the Dark Order <laughs> are freaking great as a tag team. Uno and Grayson are really freaking good. And it was just a really fun match. But the interesting storyline element to note of is that it was acknowledged, especially because only Colt Cabana came out with, with Uno and Grayson, that there are tensions in the Dark Order over how they didn't help their friend Hangman Page. So we've got more long-term Dark Order building, and I'm excited yep. because the Dark Order stuff... Yep is easily some of my favorite things. Also conspicuous by their absence this week on dynamite.
1: Yes, so maybe they maybe they're just putting that story to just have a little bit of hibernation for a couple of weeks and yeah. then maybe bring it back a little bit more when obviously Paige is back from from his from his uh, paternity leave and stuff like that. So um no, I I don't I don't think it's too much to worry about because they're not featuring right now. Um mm. it's basically it is a storyline, it is brewing, and knowing AEW they will come back and, and and handle that story a bit later on. Mm. Um but no, it's like it's a good little dynamic to take after like the ten man tag loss in terms of page page going, I want to do things on my own now. Sorry guys, this is for me to deal with and the dark order going, but we wanna help because we're your friends. Like, no, I'm a real cowboy now. <laughs> 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 real cowboy stuff you know real, real cowboy, cowboy shit real <laughs> cowboy shit we get on our horses and we ride the open trail
0: honestly like it's still one of the best chants like i know i, I know we talked about before in a previous episode like uh, we talked about crowd chanting for a while and how some of it annoys mm. me but the the crowd chant of cowboy shit is still the best thing like it will mm. never get old and still- sticking oh go on sorry
1: I still think that the the 10-man tag entrance of Dark Order and Paige was awesome.
0: <laughs> oh, it's the it's the best. Like, not to steal, like, Ortiz's line, but, like, the best. The best. Mm. It just was. It was so good. And staying on the subject of teams, we mentioned it a few mm. minutes ago, but there is now a mini tag team number one contender tournament going on. This is after the Young Bucks successfully defeated the Jurassic Express in what was a freaking great tag team title match. For the really AEW good belt. match. It's like, Jurassic Express, I reckon, will be the ones to dethrone the Bucks. It seems like that is a logical way to go. And the other wrinkle in all of this is that the tag team title match at All Out will be a steel cage match. And I saw some scuttlebutt going around Twitter about this. The Young Bucks may have only ever been involved in two or three cage matches themselves. Like, in all their career and whatnot. And in, in AEW, this will be... If you count blood and guts, this would only be the second cage-based match that they've had in the company.
1: What about the one with uh, Cody and Warblow?
0: Yeah, yeah, sorry, including that one. So if you include oh, bu- sorry. blood and my guts, if bad. you include bu- blood and guts, there's been two before. Is what I meant to say. Sorry. Ah, uh, okay. And uh, and the four teams involved in the mini tournament are Private Party, which rather amusingly in my notes I've put Private Part. That that's a Freudian slip. Um, so Private <laughs> Party, the v- Jurassic Express. And which is happening on Rampage at uh, tomorrow night mm-hmm. at the time of recording. And then next week, Lucha Bros and Varsity Blondes. In terms of who's gonna win this, there's a lot of ways they could go. Like I, I'm more than up for seeing Jurassic Express and the Unbucks again. Mm. I think that easy because the other thing to think about as well is tickets are sold out for all out. So in terms of trying yeah. to sell tickets, that's not an issue. In terms of getting people to buy the pay-per-view, I think in itself this is going to do all right, to say the least. Mm. But in terms of what you may want to see, the Lucha Bros and Yumbucks seem to have a match kind of about every four to six months. And it's always Mm. mental. And it's always got some kind of gimmick towards it. And I reckon... But a cage match will be freaking insane because Phoenix is gonna fly from that top, from that, the top of that cage. Heck, I'll call it now. He'll probably do some kind of super ridiculous Hurricane Rana on Nick Jackson from the top of the cage because that seems like some ridiculous amount of stuff that they would do. Or he'll do—it's like a four-fifty. He'll do like a ten-eighty splash or something, you know, from <laughs> the top of the cage. Mm. There's gonna be some yeah. ridiculous stuff of that. Private Party have beaten the Young Bucks, obviously, in the inaugural tag team tournament. Uh, on the. I think oh, it yeah, was the first or second episode of AEW. Private Party yeah, beat them. Yeah, they did, didn't they? And, they? and they've come on such a long way as a tag team. The Varsity Blondes, I think, might be a dark horse here. Mm. But whether they're enough of a dark horse to beat the Lucha Bros, I don't know. Storyline suggests that if the Lucha Bros aren't going to beat the Varsity Blondes, Andrade will be a reason why because the whole mm. like death triangle, him trying to draw them away from pack element, which I'm sure we'll get onto again in a few minutes, mm. I reckon that might come into play. But I do think if the final round was either Private Party or Jurassic Express against the Varsity Blondes, it'll be a great match. And any of those teams against the Young Bucks, any of these four teams, quite frankly, will be freaking great. So I, don't, I, I can't really pick who is ultimately going to be it. But for the sake of getting more buys or getting people to really want to see it, I'm gonna say it's either gonna be Jurassic Express or Lucha Bros.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I think it's one of those two teams. I think from a storytelling perspective, considering Pack and Andrade, I would say Lucha Bros. goes to all out because mm-hmm. then you've got their two matches happening at the same around the same time, so you can do a little bit of you could do a little bit of hijinks. Andrade could hinder them, Andrade could help them. Uh, they might turn on Pack or. Or, and so forth. It, there's, there's lots of ways that can go down. I think from a storytelling point, for Jurassic Express, there's nothing not... As much as they're a great team, and I love to see them as the champs, I think from a story perspective right now, there's not necessarily much to kind of... Uh, to to sink into that sort of tag team tournament, um, other than that they're friends with Christian Cage.
0: Well, that's the other element uh, yeah. now. Because yeah. they're still close friends with Christian, and they have tried to help come mm. out... And, well, after the beatdown, I tried to help... To come out and help him while they were still out there, either. Yeah. Is this going to be a case that they're going to have Christian and Omega, and then Jurassic Express and the Bucks, and it's going to be that like sort of tipping point thing on the show? Because mm. it's an easy way to, to carry on that story as well. I mean, I don't know what at this yeah. point you call like Team Christian. You know, Cap- Team Charisma. I don't know.
1: Jungle um, Cage. Jungle Cage. The Jungle Express Cage. Oh. oh, 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 oh. <laughs> I tried to mesh two (laughs) themes together.
0: It failed. (laughs) What if you you have the countdown start of Christian's theme, which then goes into Jungle Boy's song?
1: (laughs) So everyone knows it's coming. And the moment it starts, everyone goes mental. Can I I make a a quick stop here about about the Jungle Boy theme? Please. There is is a terrific, I think it's the, the, the previous Dynamite, where everyone is Everyone's going, oh, and Kenny Omega just grabs the mic going, stop the music, stop the music. Were you going, oh, or no? (laughs) It's like having his own son. Are you saying boo or boo (laughs) earns?
0: Omega is great. Just Kenny Omega's character in general at the moment is getting a little bit crazier each week, and especially now he's not the belt collector of everything. It's just, it's Mm. gonna be such a great dynamic. So, so that's where we're out on the tag team championship front. <clears throat> Excuse me. But oh, yeah, okay, that, that, okay. that tag title match was so good on Dynamite. And Jurassic Express it have been was. a great team for a long time, but man, they've got some extra great moves. I do wonder what's Marco gonna do. Because if I'm gonna call a random match now, I'm gonna say on the pre-show, it's gonna be Marco stunt versus Brandon Cutler. <laughs>
1: because Randall will be filming it for being the elite he'll just be filming it for being the elite saying look I'm in a match I'm in a match and oh no I've lost exactly <laughs> you know, honestly I a little sidetrack but the being the
0: elite stuff that they put on there with Cutler coming out with the, the footage I really enjoy watching it because it just gives a completely different angle of it and also the random comments that Carl Anderson says is just ridiculous quite frankly.
1: Yeah, I watched the latest one then we are kind of going, look at these nice new Nikes that we've brought. Ah, the Nikes. <laughs> just showing off
0: their <laughs> ridiculous shoes. And yes. the, the other thing to note sort of within all this, and I mean, this doesn't really fall into the Super Elite V Everyone Else category, but I've put it here just for the, because then we can go into the Jericho stuff. But yeah. the, the Pinnacle versus the Inner Circle continued with another round of Sammy Guevara now uh, obviously proposed to as a uh, fiancé, Sammy Guevara, uh, against Sean Spears. A- another fun match, to say the least. That 6.30 mm. splash that Sammy Guevara did like near the end was brutal. And if you didn't mm. think that was brutal enough, him busting open hard way, Sean Spears oh, yeah. on one of those knees. Holy crap.
1: Oh, yeah. It's like, it's like I only saw saw him bleeding like... Before the before the end, it's like, oh my god, one well, the knees actually did bust him open. Yeah, but no, one of my favorite bits of of Spears and Guevara is they both hop up onto the top rope at the same yep. time, and then it's like it's like there's like a little there's some sort of random tussle, and then Guevara just goes, oh well, guess I'll have to do a cutter off the top rope with you now, and that's and that would have been a good finish, but it wasn't. But it's still, yeah, I mean, it, I did not expect to enjoy that match. I was just thought, oh, this is like a filler match. Fair enough. But no, generally, it was quite good fun. Quite good
0: fun. Sean Spears is one of those people who... This this is going to sound appalling, but you'll probably get what I mean. Sean Spears is really freaking good. No one gives a damn about him. But pretty much every Mm. match he's in is really freaking good. But he's just one of those people that just because of where he is in AEW... He's not probably going to be anything massive for a while, other than obviously at the beginning when he hit Cody with that chair in a really bad way. But like, I really would like Sean Spears to be something more, but it just hasn't worked out that way. But where he is, I am completely content with. But Mm. there is now, we are now getting to a point where this inner circle, the pinnacle feud, has started in hindsight now, which I say in hindsight, it was obvious at the time, but it has been very rushed. And it kind of feels like it's still just going on. And at some point yeah. it's got to end. It's got to end. But literally, and obviously from the perspective of like Santana and Ortiz against FTR, that's just on hold because of, um, mm. was it Cash's oh. arm getting caught on that? And that really freak accident on the they, turnbuckle. They,
1: every time they replay that on Dynamite, i i can't watch it it's really when they highlight how the injury happened it's like no but
0: literally it's just a, it's the most one of the most freak <laughs> it's a fluke but, yeah. literally yeah. complete but th- it does feel like we're now at a point where this needs to have a definitive end because when there was the stadium stampede match that almost felt like a definitive end and then hmm. there was the it was a sammy vmjf match on dynamite where sean spears then hit him with a chair yeah. And you kind of thought, right, this could be the end of it. Let Sammy be the one to end the feud. And it's just kind of still still going. And as we get onto to this final labor of Jericho, which in itself, the, all of these labors have been really good fun. Mm. But I've got to say, like the Hooventude match, well, I mean, the Nick Gage match in itself was freaking nuts. Uh, the, mm. the Spears match at the beginning was really good fun as well. The two carrera match in itself was just mental. It was happening. And the first couple of, if you don't count the first couple of minutes, it was a really fun match. And the way it ended was really good fun. The Wardlow match for me was just there. That's kind of the first stumbling block on this. And this MJF match, I've seen a load of people online say this was a really great match. And even the crowd chanting, this is awesome. I think this is something Mm -hmm. I highlighted in the previous episode of Bunker Mania. The the chant of this is awesome. Sometimes I know you get caught in a moment and you can say some stuff, but to me, this was an example where This Is Awesome was being chanted and I did not feel the same way by, by a considerable margin.
1: Yeah. I've, as much as it was a decent match, for a storytelling perspective, it felt kind of deflated, I suppose, because of the result. But also, it just I think, I think it's fair to say, or I think it, it's worth probably acknowledging that maybe the, maybe the labours were done in like the wrong order maybe you escalate up to like Nick Gage was like the, like the penultimate boss to be. So you go through literal hell before you get to MJF. Um, So maybe you do it as, maybe you do it as Spears, Wardlow, uh, Hoot and Toot, and then, then Gage, and then, then MGF. But then again, it's just, I don't know. It's like, it's like, Something was I had off. Fin-
0: Something was yeah. just off about this match. I don't know what it was. It's not to say I didn't like it. Because like when it was all said and done, it's like MJF winning. Like, to me, regardless of what anyone thinks, that makes the most sense. Because at this mm. point, why do you need to beat MJF? Like, he's still one of the hottest yeah. heels in the company, quite frankly. Jericho doesn't need the win mm. against MJF. So I'm totally fine with that. And one would assume that they're going to have another match, maybe even at all out. I kind of hope yeah. not in some ways. But Either way, if you go by WWE logic of booking, this feud must continue. But the thing about AEW is it's not WWE. So, for all intent and purpose, if this is now the end of Jericho and MJF and Jericho's got to live with it, or at least, you know, they don't have like another match for like another year or something and then reignite it that way or whatever, I'm actually fine with that completely. Because I think at this point, Mm. things need to move on a bit. It was like I mentioned with the Mm. Sammy Guevara ending. That felt so definitive as if the previous encounters, like the same stampede match and the other thing, they couldn't feel more definitive than that, quite frankly. And arguably, if you're going to carry it on, the way to carry it on now is Guevara and MJF. And you have Mm. that be the next big blow off in this feud, if you will. Again, like have another match, even though their previous one was so damn good. I don't know how they're going to top it. Mm. But this this... This is not meant to be this is not trying to sound like a criticism, but it is at the point now where I'm like okay, here's a here's a comparison without me trying to waffle too much. Talking about Omega and Christian before Rampage, I was like I'm sure it's going to be a good match. Do I want to see it twice in in 3 weeks? kind of thing. I'm now at the point where th- this feud just needs to be done. We need to move on. Mm. It's not that it's bad, it's just I want something else. And I don't think there is a way you can stretch it out because this pinnacle, the inner circle feud in itself has escalated in so many ways. You kind of mentioned that the labels of Jericho being built up in the wrong order. This this feud, if I remember correctly, has had it had like the cage match thing between Wardlow and Jake Hager in there involved. There was a stadium stampede before that was the blood and guts cage match. <laughs> then yeah. there was like probably another big tag team match in there as well, or something like it just ever i appreciate they you know obviously have the pandemic to deal with and whatnot as well so that scuppered perhaps the way you'd normally do things but this is an example where you can go you can just move these jigsaw pieces around and you can figure out other ways to make this carry on because it does feel mm-hmm. like at various points there have been some good like almost definitive end points for this or a good place where you could leave it and maybe come back to it again in the future but this just kind of keeps going on every so often. And that, that's where I'm at with this. It's not that I'm not enjoying it, but I want something else.
1: Yeah, there's got to be some sort of, there's got to be a a nice, a, a a new turn or a different direction for the few to go in to make mm-hmm. it feel, keep it fresh and keep it, and keep it engaging. Because I have a feeling at the moment, we just have constant matchups between the factions. And that's great and all, you're approaching the this feud must continue logic of WWE. Yep. and that's that's not good. It's not good. I'm sure there was
0: another feud. I can't think of what it was off the top of my head, but there has been another feud in AEW where the heel won, and that was the last encounter between the two. I can't think what it was, but there was like a fairly high profile match where the heel won, and that was just that was that was it. It may actually t- actually do you know what? It was probably technically Omega and Moxley. Yeah. Because I think Omega won and Moxley didn't get another shot or hasn't yet at this point.
1: Well, he, yeah, he lost at the Winter is Coming event and then he lost at Revolution early in the year in the exploding death, yeah. death match.
0: But it's like since then, I mean, effectively, it. it's like that was it. Like he hasn't had another shot. That was it. So that's another mm. example why I am totally fine with this. If this is it and MJF has walked away with the victor and he can just keep bragging about it, totally fine with it. Anyway, I'm sure Jericho's got mm. a Fozzy tour to get on at some point. But you were Jeez. talking about things being like new and exciting and different and whatnot a few moments ago. Malachi mm-hmm. freaking Black oh. is freaking great, oh. so so good. And next week he is going to be facing Arn Anderson's son Brock Anderson at seemingly <laughs> the request of young Mister what I'm, who I'm going to call Brockery Anderson, because he's going to be—I don't know why Brockery—but I think he's going to be as broken as crockery when all is said and done. Sorry
1: <laughs> I just I just it's like the 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 dynamite promo this week mostly consisted of Father I have requested a match against this Malachi back. Son, I think this is a bad idea. I know what he can do. But father, I'm so good, I'm so experienced, I'm ready for battle. Son, you are going to die if you take this match. But father, I'm so brave. Son, you're a f- an idiot.
0: <laughs> do you, but do, do you know why this is also really good? Do you know what this is very similar to? And this is why I think it's going to work so well in the favor of Malachi mm. Black again. It's so similar to what happened with Darby Allen and Miro.
1: Because, yeah.
0: or was it Darby Allen and Ethan Page? And it was, in fact, that's what it was. It was Darby Allen and Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky because he said, I'm going to do the handicap match. Like, let me do this. I can do it. And Sting was basically like, stop being a dumb shit. Like, let me help you. And then Darby Allen's like, no, stay at home. And Sting's just basically gives that look of, fine. Do what you got to do. I'll see you in two weeks. <laughs> just, this is pretty much what that is, just in a different way. And I'm totally fine with it. But there is the element. Uh. But so when it comes to this, one would assume Senor Malachi is going to win. One would assume, like you have expressly said to me, he is going to totally obliterate Brockery Anderson. Yep. So, what next? Because one would assume that Cody is still out for a while, given he is now seemingly teased retirement. AKA, he's currently filming another TV show. Mm. Or, you know, where does this where does this go from here? Because there are two potentially really big ways they could go with this but one of the really big ways seemingly Darby Allen might be getting involved with based on some teases over the past few weeks. Mm. But there is another very clear indication of where, you know, the, what could be next for Malachi. But then, you know, what, what is it? I, I just, I've, I'm kind of at a loss. I don't know. Like, hmm. And mm. but, I'm, but I'm implying Danielson. I'm just going to say it out loud, you know.
1: Not, not, not Murphy.
0: Oh, is Murphy being teased as well now? Apparently.
1: Well, it's like Mur- Murphy's uh, non-compete is is winding up, and I think in a week or two. I did not know that. Okay. So yeah, I think the the people who released uh, just after WrestleMania, their the ninety days is almost up. Hmm. I think maybe. Hmm. Um. But no, with 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 Black, the I mean, part of me thinks he could be the one to the front. Miro. That would be quite. So, cool. did
0: you notice what they teased on Dynamite for Miro, which I am so oh, excited about?
1: Kingston, <laughs> Miro and Eddie freaking
0: Kingston—they're just. Gonna, I think that would be great. This is this will be the definition, as I will call it, of a match where two people will beat the piss out of each other. Sometimes I just need, like, two big men just beating the hell out of each other. Like when I occasionally watch some New Japan stuff, much as I would like to watch more. Mm. Sometimes you just get someone like Tomohiro Ishii and someone else, trying to think of someone, anyone off the top of my head, in fact, just Ishii. You know, he goes in, he just has a match, and it's always great. And there is a moment where he will just start bullying people. It's great. It's so so good. I need to see this between these two. This is going to be great.
1: I love the fact that Miro decides to call out people instead of just going, "Oh, challenges can just step up." Like, no, no. I'm going to find challenges now, for so I am the redeemer. <laughs> it's like Eddie Kingston, "We need to talk." <laughs>
0: do, do you know what has been really good fun about the whole Miro thing is they've actually built up a weakness of his. Going back to the match at Rampage, did you notice how I think it was the week before when he faced Lee Johnson on Dynamite, was it? I don't remember. Like, there was, like, Mm. one move that Lee Johnson got and it was a Tornado DDT. And it was kind of highlighted on commentary. It's, like, the one move that Miro couldn't, like, defend against. And then Fuego hits three. (laughs) And then he gets utterly annihilated. It's like, I've now got this vision of Eddie Kingston hitting a Tornado DDT. (laughs) And it being awesome. (laughs) Uh, but but but, um, sorry, but but back to the point. But, but as for Malachi, Malachi Black. where next for Malachi, not- I just, I can't figure it out.
1: I think at the moment there there is tons of potential for a lot of things. And that's simply because AEW have done a stellar job of building him up mm. in the short time that they have. It's like them, it's like them it's like the moment the entrance came in with the homecoming match, it's like this man's a star. Mm-hmm. This man is a bona fide star. That entrance was f-ing awesome.
0: It was. It was so good. I, I've just figured it out. What? Dustin Rhodes.
1: He's going to take on Dustin Rhodes.
0: <laughs> well, if you think about it, he's so closely associated. Ultimately, this all comes back to Cody.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Because of the association with the Nightmare family on Anderson being the coach. The first match that Brock Anderson had was a tag team match with Cody. Dustin is the brother of Cody. That's the That could well be the next direction. And you know that Dustin can have a great match with a broomstick. He can make a great match with anyone. And that's mm. not to imply either of the, the men, by the way, are bad. I just mean he can literally have a great match with anyone. And if you want to have a great match with someone that ultimately the fans will care about, at least mm. to a degree, because I'm probably going to care more about Malachi Black at this stage. No offense to Dustin, just calling it like it is. But... That's a very easy direction they can go in, and I'm more than up for seeing Dustin Rhodes be Malachi.
1: Mm. Oh, he could, he could, he could boast that he's retired not one but two roads. There you go. Oh, you could say he went down there. two different turns- roads, a crossroads. <gasps> dun, dun 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 dun. So dun, speak- no, no. <laughs> on. So, speaking of
0: crossroads, the tag team 2.0.
1: Ah, Ever-Rise from NXT.
0: Right, so I'm going to be honest. I'm not familiar with them as Ever-Rise. So when they suddenly showed up on Dynamite, I was really confused because I hadn't been on the internet much that week. And mm. when they were just suddenly there, I'm like, wait a minute, weren't they in Chikara? That was my first thought. And then suddenly they're, they're basically in a feud with Darby Allen and Sting. But did you see Being the Elite last week when it had like the I aftermath of, a, of one of the two whose name I forget Basically seeing Sting and being like, Oh my god, you're Sting. And there was that wonderful visual oh. Darby Allen just being like a heat-seeking missile and obliterating him.
1: Boom. Did Never you ever meet you your heroes. aftermath
0: about on being the elite?
1: No. Which was such like I did not.
0: This is, the, this is Jeremy's WCW appreciation moment on the on the show. Because on being the elite, those two were having a conversation and what the other one basically being like, what the heck were you doing? And the other one basically being it, it, it was Sting. Like, it was, it was Sting. Like, I've never been near Sting. And they were talking, and he's like, that wasn't Sting. That was Jeff Farmer. There wasn't the real Sting. Now, to give you some context for this, which was not followed up on Dynamite at all, but I don't care. If this is going to be a long-term thing on BTE, I'm game for it. In the early days of the NWO, circa late 1996... Sting was missing for quite a while. There had been the whole thing with Bash mm. at the Beach 96 where the NWO formed, and Sting had then gone away. But in the run-up to that, there were accusations that Sting was a member of the NWO because there was someone coming out dressed as him, but it wasn't him. And there was all this scuttlebutt going around of, is Sting with WCW or the NWO? And ultimately, I want to say it led to, it was maybe full brawl of that year where there was a big, like, multi-man match or an event of that that kind. And it, it basically, there was a fake Sting in the ring and then the real Sting came out and helped them. And then real Sting basically went, told you, and left. And then he wasn't seen again until, like, a while later when he then became the Crow Sting. But the NWO Sting was still about, and then ironically became a really big deal in Japan as part of NWO Japan, one of the sub-factions. So they're literally referencing something from late 90s WCW that actually involved Sting as a reason why it's like, that wasn't the real Sting. Let's go and get him. He's not real. Which led to the tag match on Dynamite this week. <laughs> <laughs> it just it's little things like that that the yeah. young Jeremy really appreciates.
1: Yeah, I mean I mean, seeing 2.0 kind of find their feet straight away in AEW, um, According to Chris Jericho, they are now signed full time with AEW, which is really cool. Nice, um, but no, they were they were kind of like very they were like very strange comedic characters on NXT. Uh, they never had matches; they were just kind of going around saying, "Hey, whatever eyes, and we rule," and they and they actually went to the lengths of having like a live Facebook. Uh, broadcast every Saturday morning with Everise Radio and so forth, and it's like they, were, they they got over because they were really charismatic and they were really kind of entertaining as well. Mm. Um, but yeah, they they got released uh, in I think not the first batch. I think the it was recent batch, wasn't and they it? only had the third. Yeah, it was recent because they only had the thirty days release clause. Mm. for nxt talent, um, but no, it was it was really good to see them find their feet and just kind of just get back on it and. Judging by their match yesterday uh, on Dynamite, they they are taking it to like ducks to water. They're they're finding their feet. They're really getting into it, and I, I think they they've got some legs in that division in the in the tag team division yeah. as well. So it'll be quite good to see how they how they develop.
0: It's really and to, to sort of now wrap up the AEW discussion as in terms of what we've been talking about. Yeah, you can always tell on any kind of television or film based thing. If someone's really in the moment or really enjoying something. Like whether they're, you know, mm. being a hero, a villain, whatever, you can always tell if they're really into it. You can tell they're mm. really into it. The the um the only comparison I can make to show someone who's not into it is look at any Bruce Willis film for the past five, six years. That is an example of someone who literally is there for a paycheck.
1: Oh, I can do you one better with Bruce Willis. Uh, I found a story today, or I think it's on Slash Film or something like that. Um, But basically a Russian company, a Russian mobile phone company is using Bruce Willis in their commercials. However, Bruce Willis is not on set. They've used the deep fake of him. So they they have grafted his face digitally onto someone and someone is doing obviously the Russian voice acting for Bruce Willis. So Bruce Willis is being paid to do bugger all. And that's kind of like, that's like, that's like, you can ju- you can it's like you can judge how into something Bruce Willis is based on the face on his pick on any film poster that he releases nowadays. It ranges from the "I'm here for the money too," "I really don't want to be here, but I want the money anyway." Whereas now he can just go, "I can make it seem like I'm here and I and I'm interested in the product." does like, no, that's just that's just taking lazy lazy acting to like the nth degrees, and it's like, I mean, I feel the need, to,
0: uh, I feel the need to defend the Russian company here. Random as that may sound, because let's be fair, they're probably getting a bajillion more amount of charisma from the, the deep fake guy than they are actually this Bruce Willis. This is true. This is it. True. May be the most emotional you've seen Bruce Willis in quite a long time.
1: <laughs>
0: Which I, there's no easy. It's strange that. to
1: see him be. It's it's strange to see him be emotional. It's strange to see him look interested for once, rather than just permanently dead on the inside. <laughs> <And>
0: <laughs> but you know what's not dead on the inside. How All Out is shaping. That's my segue. I'm sticking mm-hmm. with it. So as okay. things stand, this isn't all like announced, but this is also partly sort of doing some guesswork. We know mm-hmm. Christian Omega is happening, at least for the AEW yep. title. Pac V mm-hmm. is happening. We also now know yep. that that former Big Show, now well, now just Paul White, will be facing QT we- Marshall, which I'm game with because from one very, very tall man, seeing another very, very tall man coming into the ring, I'm game with that. It'll be quick. It'll be good fun. There will be the Tag Team Championship Steel Cage match. And mm-hmm. based on what we were just talking about as well, maybe Miro v Eddie Kingston? Yeah, could be. Could be. Where John Moxley fits into the mix at the moment, I don't know. But another mm. thing, which may or may not be going into the the all-out pay-per-view... Is Darby Allen? Because tomorrow oh, night, good old Darby. Because tomorrow night at the time of recording, it will be the first dance edition of AEW Rampage, which I've got to say seems a little bit weird. Given episode one was last week, but that aside, let's just call it like it is. CM Punk, in some way, shape, or form, it would appear is gonna be showing up. If he doesn't, I think they'll get booed out of the building. <laughs> and then some. And based on the mm. teases that we've had, it would seem that Darby Allen is going to be the first person who will be engaging with a, with, with, with um, CM Punk. I don't know why I had problems saying his name mm-hmm. then. I just did.
1: So. You can't believe it, Jeremy. You can't believe that he might actually be at a wrestling show. Uh, uh, honestly, in less than 24 hours, in about 24 hours time.
0: Honestly. I am so excited, but I'm trying not to get my hopes up because when, so I don't know if I mentioned this to you before, but when Darby Allen said best in the world, I Hmm. first thought Brian Danielson because for a long period of time on the indie scene before WWE, mainly in ROH, he was going by the whole idea. He is the best in the world and he is the best Hmm. technical wrestler and stuff. So that is the first instance I went to, but then of course you also associate it with CM Punk. So it could literally be either. But if it's not Punk, when the building is in Chicago, it's the largest building AEW has ever run to date. It's sold out. It's live on TV. (laughs) Everyone pretty much has been saying CM Punk for the past like three or four weeks. If it's not CM Punk, the internet may
1: implode. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's like if he doesn't appear tomorrow, I have a feeling we're going to be getting a lot more of the CM Punk chants. But then again, I think all of Rampage is going to be CM Punk chants, just regardless of the matches until... I I guarantee you, if he is going to appear, he is not going to appear until maybe the last five minutes of the broadcast.
0: That's the the question now. Do you open with CM Punk or do you close with it?
1: Well, if you're looking at it from a TV viewing perspective... If you open with CM Punk and then he's just, he just goes, "Hello, I'm here. Hello, everyone. Cult of personality, all that sort of stuff." <laughs> I hope, like, they, I hope Punk. they manage
0: to license that song. I really hope.
1: Um, w, yeah, WWE don't have licenses on it anymore, so I wonder if so that's it, going to affect all
0: the network stuff in the long run.
1: Maybe. Who knows? Um, Maybe they'll just. It could be like of, They could argue thing. product of the time. Yeah, they could say at the time it was license and so forth. Anyway, um, the fact is if you're a TV, if you're looking to get good numbers for your TV show, you want your audience to be there from start to finish. Oh, totally. if you bring out CM Punk, if you bring out CM Punk or the other, whoever else it could be. I mean, if it's not CM Punk, all hell's going to break loose. I'm just going to say. Now. That's why you really
0: need um, to be excited about the debut of Murphy tomorrow night. on Yeah. <laughs> Or the return <laughs> of the great Carly to our television sets. <laughs> Could <Can> you
1: imagine? <laughs> or oh, do you know I mean? it's like first dance. We brought Michael Jordan in, folks. From Space Jam. Do and you know we did what? That Actually, thing. that's
0: not a bad idea. Imagine if AEW brought in Michael Jordan, who is arguably the best in the world ever at basketball, to introduce the oh. best in the world at pro wrestling, and that being CM Punk. It's- but the, the thing is, I like what might, and this will be like the final point before we get onto X T chat, because I appreciate we're, yeah. we're going a bit longer than we intended here. But mm. will it be like Punk actually saying anything? Like, would he get on a mic? Will he literally just show up and then the thing goes off the air? Like, would it be any physicality involved? Like literally, there is no way of knowing how much, if at all, he will actually be on the show tomorrow. But either mm. way, like you were saying at the top of this episode of Bunker Mania, The next week and a half, well, basically this weekend through the next couple of weeks leading in and after All Out is going to be an insane time to be a wrestling fan. There is going to be so much buzz going on. This is almost the equivalent excitement of a traditional WrestleMania week. Mm. And we're at SummerSlam. And I honestly can't say the last time I felt like that during a SummerSlam week. Let's talk about freaking NXT because what the heck it is. You could argue it's smelling like a big batch of old moldy cheese right now. So I'm going to defer to you for a lot of this because, again, I've really not been paying attention to WWE very much. There is one thing I am aware of when it comes to NXT, and I will explain that to you before we end tonight at the time of recording. So otherwise, I will defer to you. So where are we at other than the fact that the best match on the show, one of them, will be Ilya v. Walter? for TakeOver.
1: Right. So we are a couple of days out from TakeOver 36. Uh The TakeOver 36 card itself is really solid. It's really solid when you look at it. You look at, obviously you've got Walter versus Dragonoff for the UK title. I think that's going to be a good match. I think that might be the match that we'll see. Dragonoff finally defund Walter. Who knows? Um We've also got, we've got another million dollar championship match between Grimes and LA Knight. But this time, if LA Knight wins... The Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase. It could end up being uh, LA Knight's butler. Uh, you've got Raquel <laughs> <Really>? Gonzalez. <laughs> yeah. You've got Raquel Gonzalez versus Dakota Kai for the Women's Championship. You've got the the undisputed finale between Adam Cole and Carl O'Reilly. It's a two out of three false match with different stipulations. Uh, uh, O'Reilly is picked straight up wrestling match. Cole has picked a street fight. If it's one all, William Regal's declared it will be still a cage match and it will be uh, headlines. How are they going to hang a cage from the top of that building? Also, if it's two out of three, oh, four. I, think, I think they do it in a way where I think they do it. They've now managed to do it in a way where it just kind of comes down like, like robotically or machine. Oh, OK. So they like kind of like
0: fan it down yeah. in segments. OK, the other thing is. Well, yeah, in, in a way like that. Wasn't their last match like 45 minutes?
1: That was stand and deliver.
0: And this was, and this is two so out of three. Is like, this match going like ninety minutes, then
1: <laughs> possibly. Who knows? But it is, it is uh, main evented by the return of Samoa Joe against Karrion Cross for the NXT Championship. And again, th- I would not be surprised if Joe takes the belt off Cross, so he can go off and scamper into main roster land and regret his choices. Um, is there any Jeff Roneiro <laughs> Hardy involved in this? No, okay. not at all not at all so i i would say if you looked at it from a standard casual wrestling point of view wrestling fan point of view and you and you haven't been aware of what's going on, on nxt you would say that card looks amazing mm-hmm. and i and and i and i think we all get some really good wrestling on sunday night i think we will take the takeovers problem, are normally
0: solid though aren't they that's the thing the takeover shows yeah. like what eight times out of ten they're more often than not, good to really freaking good shows.
1: Yeah, yeah, and even 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 in your house wasn't amazing, but at least it was still entertaining, and there was some good wrestling there. The problem with this has been for the last couple of weeks, a lot of things have overshadowed NXT, a lot of things, and it's made the build to the pay per view, oh, not the pay per view. It's made the build to take over frustrating and even more <laughs> depressing per se because there's a raft of changes coming in at the moment. So in in the course of, like, since, like, the Great American Bash, the following things have sort of happened here. So we have, uh, let's start with releases. So a couple of weeks ago, there was a batch of NXT releases. Now, these releases were done uh, reportedly by McMahon, uh, Bruce Pritchard, and John Laurinaitis. Triple H and Shawn Michaels have no say in this at all. So they've released wrestlers like Bobby Fish, Jake Atlas, uh, Keanu Reeves, Leon Ruff. Um, we've got Mercedes Martinez and Bronson Reed as well. He was just the previous he was just North American US title, champion, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, he was just the he was just the previous North American champion. Had tryouts on the main roster, didn't necessarily see much in him, so they kind of went, well, why are we keeping him? Off you go. And it's like sometimes. The fact is with these changes, these changes, again, from an NXT standpoint, make no sense because a majority of these wrestlers are good. They're very good and people enjoy them on NXT. But WWE has taken this, or the main management of WWE have now taken this sort of stance that NXT must now return to being strictly developmental. So there are reports that there are going to be a lot of changes coming in, so probably a new look a new presentation style and so forth. And the mandate that has been reported across wrestling sites um, in terms of uh, backstage uh, memos and notes is basically for NXT, they want people who are under 30 and are not midgets. So they're looking for the ideal men or wrestlers that Vince really, really likes to see. Oh,
0: so he so finally um, comes so you circle lo- back to, to the late 80s, early 90s. Okay,
1: sure. Yeah. So if you look, if you look at a lot of, the NXT roster good portion of that don't meet that. So it, it it's, it's quite worrying that some people might still be leaving NXT very, very soon. Um, it feels like it's, it feels like this takeover is pretty much the death bell of the current iteration of NXT or as the NXT era that we've enjoyed under triple H. So from like the Finn Balor days, the Kevin Owens days, all the way up to now, it's like all that seemed to naught. Um, You've got the backstage politics issue as well. There are reports of people using the fact that AEW trumped NXT in the ratings to sort of say, well, NXT is not a great product. Triple H doesn't know what he's doing. I don't think you should give him any more sort of control creatively and stuff like this. We're we we, we we're worried that he's not the right person to look after the company when you're gone, Vince. So those are the people who don't like Triple H, but now are trying to say to Vince, no, 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 don't listen to Triple H. He doesn't know anything, what he's doing. Don't listen to your son-in-law. so forth. Yeah. And then it's just, it's, 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 it's like, it's been reported like there are crazy power games going on. And the problem is, with all that, the, the people that are suffering the most here are the wrestlers who are, who might not even be there, what will be there one week and might not be even be there the next week because of these weird changes going on. And again, it's, it's strange. It's weird. It's, it's, It's not, I think for, for someone like me, who's been really into NXT for, for, for years, I've been to live shows. I've been to like the I've been to the London takeover, which was amazing and stuff like that. It, it's really sad Mm. in a way. And it's just, it's just, it's like, it's like for the first time in WWE, they had a, they had a brand that was embracing the new style of wrestling. They had a brand that was getting people's attention. And people were enjoying it, and they weren't necessarily shitting on it like they have been doing with the main roster. And the fact is, it comes across the mat of, of the of WWE still being stubborn mules that don't want to change. And when people start going off to AEW and viewers start going to AEW and people just don't want to watch the product, and they sit there going, what have we done wrong? Are we wrong? No, it is the viewers who are wrong, in that sort of sense. Uh, it, it, it's... It's just really disheartening in a way. So it's like I feel the event on Sunday is gonna be great. I, I think it'll be good wrestling, but I think the NXT as we know it is going to change drastically. Whatever Triple H was building is just being pulled apart because it may have it's failed or it failed to defeat AEW. And I and I and I went off about it uh when we were talking about the carrying cross situation uh, in the last episode. It's basically if WWE want to blame anyone for the Wednesday night situation, WWE have to look at themselves yep. because they, they were arrogant and lazy to assume that the current NXT product, as, as well as it is, as well as it was, and it was good as it was, could stand up to a new company that was gaining momentum, that was going to arenas, that were going out, seeing fans and stuff like that, and really building excitement. Whereas NXT has stayed in the same building... I know there's a nice little fan base at Full Cell and obviously at the Capital Wrestling Center, but it stayed in the same building and they have done nothing to change the product or nothing to kind of show that they are serious about protecting NXT. I said it, I said it last episode. You could have brought in wrestlers on the main roster who weren't being used in big storylines. So we saw Finn Balor. We saw Breeze Dango coming back down. If you weren't going to, if you didn't have anything for people like, say, Sami Zayn or Nakamura or Cesaro stuff like that, send them to NXT. Give them a little bit of a rub. Give them a bit of a, give them a bit of like a wow, they're they're coming back and they're more dominant than ever and that sort of stuff. There was so much stuff they could do to make this feel like a legitimate third brand, but WWE just never seemed to pull the trigger on making NXT a third brand until wrestlers were caught in Saudi Arabia at the last. Saudi show and they had to they had to think fast. It's ridiculous. It, it, it
0: is. It is. Yeah. And I, When I because again I've I've not seen a lot of NXT like just in general. I've seen lot. I've seen a variety of takeovers. I've seen a few of the shows here and there over the years. I can't say I followed it closely, but the thing that come across that comes across to me is that NXT is the project that wasn't meant to do as well as it has.
1: Yeah, it
0: was meant to be a developmental system. So to like breed the next crop of talent and the way, and that was being helmed by Triple H and he saw the direction things should probably go in. I make it a super indie effectively make this the indie promotion that people come and watch because the wrestling will be great. You can build up people, et cetera, et cetera. But the problem when you look at it now is that it's done too well it's done too well with when there wasn't as much expectation. And then when suddenly there was a massive expectation on it and not much help to to help it coupled with or without the pandemic, that aside, ultimately it's not, it's not hit the targets that clearly people higher up assumed, Oh, well they've done this well, but they had nothing. Now they could do even more. That's how it comes across to me. And whether people are using it as a scapegoat for saying oh, it's it, it failed," you know they couldn't beat they couldn't beat a new show. What the heck? And that they didn't really help mm. them out at all. It's it, NXT didn't need to go head to head with AEW. That's it the problem. It like it, it was being said from day one, it didn't need to go head to head. It was its own thing. You could have easily had Raw Monday, NXT Tuesday, have AEW do their Wednesday thing. SmackDown's on Friday, have whatever main event or 205 or like whatever other shows happen and you know YouTube shows and stuff like that for AEW. Yeah. Let them just be filtered throughout the week and that would have been fine, but they had to make it a competition. Competition is good with anything, be it in any kind of workplace. You kind of want something to motivate you, but when you're basically stacking the deck, there comes a point where you're just sort of like, well, what the heck are we meant to do? You know, I'm trying here. Mm. It's like if you've got like it's a crap analogy, but it's kind of like you've got a big boat and there's like a hole in it and it's gradually taking on water. You could only plug up a hole so much and yeah. you can't help it unless you're on dry land because then you can get all the water out and do a proper like fixer-upper job. And NXT yeah. hasn't really been given that luxury. Again, pandemic issues aside because everyone had to contend with that. Yeah.
1: It's, yeah. It, it just Everybody. It
0: is a shame. That's the thing. And... Ultimately, no matter what the direction of NXT going forward is, based on the information you were saying, it will be interesting to see how accurate a lot of that ultimately is. Because, for all we know, it may literally just be, if Triple H is gone from NXT, maybe suddenly it isn't actually that different. For all we know, it might Mm. just be that case. Don't know why it should be, quite frankly, but again, that may just be all it is. Or, you know, do you just hand the reins to someone who's just at the performance center? Do you just let, for example, William Regal run it? Or do you just let Shawn yeah. Michaels run it? And basically just say to Triple H, you've either got to stay next to me on Monday Night Raw and SmackDown, or you've got to stay with NXT. They might just do it like mm. that, but I bet I bet those are fun family dinners at the I, moment.
1: I don't, I, I mean, I don't even think at the moment Triple H would be even kind of brought in to deal with or brought in to help the creative on, on Raw and SmackDown. But to be quite I, friend, I think to be? <laughs> considering how they've booked, booked champions and stuff like that. Mm, I mean, a lot of people say, Oh, the thing of wrestling, WWE will get better when Vince steps down. And to be honest, I was like, when Vince steps down, I don't think at the moment there's like this, everyone's assuming triple H might just take over creatively. Once Vince steps down, it be Stephanie. I'm not even confident. I'm not, I'm not comf- I'm not confident with that either. And it's like, you know what? It's like, I, I would not be surprised if this direction, it's like, it's, it's the worst case scenario. And it's like, it's a possibility. It probably won't happen, but by heck, if, if, if all this pushes someone like Triple H away from WWE, it's like, you'd be amazed what well, might Look happen. Look at Shane McMahon. I mean, just, it,
0: Shane yeah. McMahon left WWE yonks ago for a good few years. Mm. He went off to do his own thing. I want to say he started a business in China. I can't remember exactly what it was, but he started doing something. Mm. And then what was it like? Five, nearly 10 years later, then he came back. Like time, Mm. like we've all been there to a degree in various forms of life, be it business or personal. Like time is a very weird healer. Like things can just Mm. not be fixed, but things can be moved on from and such. Mm. And made, this might just be a case of that, but there is a point where, when you look at WWE as a whole, NXT included, because I'm not trying to, you know, just be picky here. WWE for a long time has, in my opinion, has not known fully what audience it's trying to aim for. There was a period of time when they very clearly were aiming for a younger audience a few years ago. Then suddenly there was a bit. There was a point where they started getting just a little bit edgier. And you kind of thought, oh, there's a little bit of attitude in this. Not much, but a little bit. Is this almost going to be like Mm. a cyclical thing? And are we getting to the next attitude era? No, no, we're not. Then suddenly they try and go to a more family-friendly thing again. Obviously, pandemic hits and they've just got to do what they can do. But again, I'm trying not to use that as an excuse here, ultimately. But there comes a point where ultimately, and I've said the word ultimately far too much now, but there comes a point where... When push comes to shove, it's wrestling, and WWE yeah. does not want to be a wrestling company, even though it's its literal foundation. Every single show, it's title. I mean, there were some stats <laughs> doing around that. I think it was Ramp. The first episode of Rampage had more wrestling on it than SmackDown. Yeah, think about that. Like they wrestling is just a part of the show that has quote-unquote, to be there. If they could, they would just make Mm -hmm. it no wrestling at all. It's almost like a Vince Russo philosophy, you could argue, in some ways, from when he was doing WCW.
1: I mean, look at Dynamite. Look at Dynamite being able to cram a lot of matches into a Mm two-hour runtime and still be able to advance storylines and stuff like that. If they can do it, WWE should have no problem doing it. But, like you said, it's like they have wrestling in their title, but it's like wrestling seems to be like the last thing on their mind. Well, you
0: see, that's the interesting part. To go back to the dynamite point um, I was going to mention a second ago, you could argue that AEW put too much on the show. If they, that, someone wants to say that, I could actually probably agree with them in some ways, it's but fair. because there's it's so fair. much, I'm interested. But the thing about WWE is we've known it for years as World Wrestling Federation or World Wrestling Entertainment, but I can't remember how long ago it was, but their official company name now is just WWE. It's not World Wrestling Entertainment, mm. but everyone knows WWE used to stand for World Wrestling Entertainment. No,
1: Every- oh, I thought it was Walk with Elias. Oh, there you go. Yeah, that too. But there is just the <laughs> thing then, where- But Elias is dead. We'll <laughs> talk about that later. But ultimately,
0: <laughs> they don't want to be a wrestling show and they haven't wanted to be one for years. Mm. It's just the way it is. And Triple H saw a vision. He saw people want a wrestling show- that's why NXT became a super indie and it was great wrestling. But look, at, mm. aside from some people who have eventually broken through a ridiculous glass ceiling on the main roster, look at the amount of people who have gone from NXT to the main roster and have not been able to flourish from a wrestling standpoint. There's not a lot. You can obviously Quite say the likes of Sasha Banks and Bayley have, but they didn't exactly have the easiest rides to begin with. Charlotte Flair didn't Mm -hmm. have an easy ride at the beginning. The Shield Shield were not The Shield before they came up from NXT, so they were just completely repackaged, quite frankly. It's like when you look at the majority of people who have gone from NXT to the main roster, they are little if not nothing from what they were in NXT. They may have a tiny bit. Mm. They may be able to retain a little bit of what they are, but not a heck of a lot at all.
1: Yeah, I think I mean I think I kind of made the same sort of observation last time. It's basically it it provides the main roster with talent, yep. but the talent, but the whatever you whatever you appreciate about the talent in NXT is not taken through mm-hmm. to the main roster. So again, you look at Sami Zayn. It's like com- there's a absolute st- stark contrast between the character of Sami, Sami Zayn in NXT and the character of Sami Zayn now. There's a there's a there's a massive golfing mm-hmm. difference. But look how long it took to get there. and yeah. I mean, right now Zayn's doing great stuff. I think Zayn's been quite mm. insane. Again, look at Baron Corbin. Yep, look, it's like and arguably now Baron Corbin's one of the best things on. Smackdown. And who the heck he is, would
0: believe that? Quite frankly, like mm. the, 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 obviously there of... are exceptions to the rule as well. It has to be said that you know some people yeah. have gone up straight away and have done great. First one that comes to mind is Kevin Owens, where he mm-hmm. was basically allowed to yeah. still be what he was in NXT. Changed up here and there a little bit, but effectively was exactly the same persona as you saw in NXT. Samoa Joe as well, to a point, you could say as well.
1: There are exceptions to I that mean, rule. I mean, with I mean with Owens, first match on the main roster, beats John yep. Cena. Uh, and again, it's like when Balor came up to Raw, beats Roman Reigns within, I think, the first week or two. Yep. And then goes on to win the Universal Championship. So it's like, to a degree there was some serious backing to the idea of what NXT was doing, but just somewhere along the way, it's just says, no, I don't get this NXT stuff. Why don't we just stick to what we know is like, this, this, this works. This all works. Mm. And it's like, it's like the, and it's like, again, things like the whole carrying Cross booking fiasco has, has, has really dented the, the, the interest in the match against Joe. Mm. I mean, if you kept him undefeated on Raw, it's like, great, you're keeping that sort of story and character protected, but now it's like, it's like carrying across the two for two person on Raw where he's, he's completely undefeated on NXT. But this is
0: exactly why I say NXT achieved too much. Because mm. it's now at the point where, let's call it like it is, because it wasn't a Vince creation, or mm. this this version of NXT wasn't a Vince creation, he's now tired of it. Yeah, and that's ultimately ultimately it comes down to Vince McMahon, be all end all. Uh, Whether regardless whether he's too old or whatever opinion anyone has of him, mm -hmm. he you can't deny what he has done in the past and the highs he's got things to. But the fact of the matter is the buck stops with him. So ultimately he is Uh, the one that he is the one to blame for this to let it
1: happen. mm. And and to be honest, the way they've been going about it and the way they've been kind of chain wrestling and stuff like that. You look, so you're not surprised talent who get released are going over to AEW or want nothing to do with the company. and it, Or go and to it, Japan. There are two notable NXT talents that are coming up to end their contracts. And it's kind of like there are, there are, there may be some massive movements going on if Things well, you know what, that, that's uh, actually a really good
0: segue in. So why don't we get on that? Because I know you wanted to bring yeah. that up as well. So let, let's move on to that, though. Yeah.
1: So let's talk about the Adam Cole contract saga. Okay. So basically, a few weeks ago, it was about, about, maybe about three, four weeks, I mean, just after we've recorded our last episode, um, the news came out that Adam Cole's contract with NXT had actually expired at the Great American Bash, whereas people thought he was supposed to be signed through to December. Um, they quickly worked out a verbal agreement that allowed Cole to stay on with NXT until takeover this Sunday. So as of Sunday, Adam Cole is a free after Sunday's match. Adam Cole is a free agent, and he can go to AEW next Wednesday and not have to wait. And 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 WWE have been have been trying to kind of figure out a way to kind of encourage Adam Cole to resign. And there's there's the report of. Adam Cole meeting with Vince McMahon and Vince taking a good liking to him and getting the main roster, trying to do pitches for him to be on the main roster and so forth. Uh, but again, we, we don't know whether Cole has resigned or Cole has said, no, thank you. Goodbye. Um, and the, and the strange thing in, in this weird situation, it puts Cole in a lot of power in terms of what he can ask for and so forth. Um, and people I mean, when they've heard all about this, the media going, Oh, Cole will go straight to AEW. It's like, he could, but there are there are pros and cons on both sides here. I mean, the pros of staying with WWE right now, or, or the pros of staying with WWE, basically he's going to be offered a very good lucrative contract to be with WWE. They've said they want him on the main roster. They have to obviously give something to him that makes him want to be on the main roster. Um, and so forth. So maybe that is we bring you in and you eventually become. WWE champion in, in like six months or something like that, or you'll be the one to defeat Roman Reigns or something like that. We'll make you a star that way. And that's sort of way. Again, he's been working with, uh, Shawn Michaels and Triple H and X T. He might want to continue working with those guys. It's fine. Learn And, and continue to learn from them. Uh, there's that possibility. He loves his gaming. He's part of, uh, he's part of Up, Up, Down, Down. He loves doing that. He really does enjoy doing that. Um, And again, it's like, there's always the alert of the WrestleMania match as well. It's like, it's like, yeah, it's a silly thing. It's a very silly thing to say, oh, I want a WrestleMania match. But you ask any wrestler what their dream, uh, their dream sort of match or their dream event they want to be a part of. Maybe eight, eight, eight times out of 10, someone's saying WrestleMania without question. I mean, it's like, it's like if you, I mean, it's like. Heck, if I ever wanted to be a wrestler, heck, I imagine a WrestleMania mm-hmm. moment. That's how, that's, how, that's how alluring that pool is. Um, so you've got those positives. You do have the negatives. You look at people like Karrion Cross, and NXT calls up, call ups. They've not been booked well. Yeah, you could sign, but you could be cut within three, four months because budget cuts or some bullshit like that. Um, you may want to stay in NXT, but they might not want you in NXT. That sort of stuff. Or they may bring in... I mean, they've had the issue of the third-party side of things with WWE, like Twitch. They might say to Adam Cole, well, you can't have your Twitch. But Adam Cole has very publicly recently said he's keeping his channel and it's not going away. So either he's used that as leverage to say, I want to stay, but I want to have my Twitch mm. channel. It's, it, they're, they're all possibilities. They're all possibilities. So you get your so pros and cons there with, with, with WWE. AW pros you're working with friends that you know for some time so obviously the elite members so young bucks cody hangman all that sort of stuff your partner's there Britt baker she's there um pretty much guaranteed to be in like a in like a top tier sort of match or or creative freedom that's the important mm-hmm. thing creative freedom there but again there's always the other things with 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 aws like We've seen it with quite a few wrestlers that have come in. They don't necessarily go straight to the top of the card. They're kind of kind of kind of just circling mm. like they're just in a holding pattern until they do we go okay, now we we'll, now we'll bring you in. Prime example, this. Miro. So it's like example, yeah, Miro. Um again, well Christian Cage is kind of a similar thing. He came in at Revolution and it's it's taken about 6 months to get into like a stage like that. Um I think the be- I think the best use of someone coming in straight away from AEW, there have been two. There's Moxley and there's been Malachi back. I think those are the two best uses of people coming straight in from WWE and going straight away. And I think Punk and, and Danielson will probably be the same. No question to ask. But again, it's also, you're not, he's like, you're not necessarily, you might not necessarily get that that screen time, that ring time straight away. You may have to wait a while. I think Adam Cole is in a very, very fortunate situation to be able to command his contract. And whoever's going to meet it is going to get his services. So, the the NXT fan in me worries about Cole on the main roster.
0: Yep.
1: It it's it's like it's like I'd love Adam Cole to be on the main roster, but I'm scared. I, and I, and I think for probably for re, for his wrestling sake, I would love to see him in AEW. Mm. To be perfectly honest, because I think there's more potential there. But if he chooses to stay in WWE, that's perfectly fine as well. Maybe he's managed to set some really good, really good clauses in his contract to make sure that he is protected mm. there. Again, it's like we talked We talked at the start of the episode about things being exciting. I think Adam Cole, he's probably, he's probably in the most exciting position that he could possibly be he's in. He's literally right
0: now. got the To use can, a hockey analogy. He's got the power play.
1: He's got the power play and he's got, he's got pretty much, I wouldn't necessarily, it might not be carte blanche, but he's in an incredibly strong position to to do what he wants. So, and in, in, so in terms imagine, of... Because imma- you mentioned there's another contract
0: situation coming up. So we mentioned Adam yeah. Cole was in like a prime position here. Who who else is on on the deck of cards? That's a really poor analogy, but there you go.
1: So uh, other reports are suggesting Pete Dunne's contract's up in September. Oh, okay. Now, Pete Dunne has been obviously a triple H called love child from NXT UK <laughs> made a name for himself straight away. Um, and obviously had that big reign with the NXT UK championship and is, has been prominently featured in NXT us programming right now. But the fact of matter it is, it's like, while Cole probably has all, has all the chips for, for his contract. I don't think it's the same with Pete Dunne. And, and the fact is like, Pete Dunne's a great wrestler. He's a great character on NXT. Again, I I don't see it's like I'm worried about what main roster would do if they took him. Mm. I mean, he's been on a raw, but that was to be up Enzo Amore a few years ago. Um, but again, it's like if I, it's like, it's like Pete Dunn could be looking at a contract, right? It could be offered a contract and he's kind of worrying. He's like, well, I've I've come over here, I've relocated my family and stuff like that to be part of a brand that I might not even be part of in a couple of months' time. And it's kind of like, what happens if that happens? It's like, it's like, sure, having job security is great, but WWE right now is not a secure place for Mm. work. Case in point, Bray Wyatt. I mean, we haven't talked about Bray Wyatt's release. Yeah. So much has happened. Uh, Yeah. And it's like, that. that's that's a whole shock in itself because you just kind of think, how? In that sort of way. Um, So yeah, it's like, there may be all great intentions from NXT, but, just because you re-signed with NXT, you could be cut in a few few months. I mean, it happened with it happened with Anderson and Gallows. Yep. I mean, they re-signed they resigned lucrative contracts with WWE as part of the talent hoarding And within the next year, they yep. were gone for budget cuts. Budget yep. cuts. All that bollocks. So again, to, I think for them to it's like the wrestling fan in me, having seen them in NXT and stuff like that. It's like, I know at, at WWE is such a big pull, but it's like right now, it's probably not the best company to be a part of. Judging on everything going yeah. on around there, and it's like maybe they can go away and come back in a few years, but it's just like it's it's not just for their wrestling careers, but it's probably for their own happiness and for for their own sort of their own sort of well being. So it's like I it's like I it's like at the end of the day, they are going to make the decisions that they're going to make and. They are perfectly and they are absolutely in the it's their choice. There's their call. Obviously, everyone will speculate and kind of go, Oh, they should do mm. this and that. But at the end of the it, day, it's their choices. But these are very important things to consider. I think if the NXT situation hadn't happened, I would not be, I could probably just sit here and say they're both resigned. No question. Imagine asked, the NXT thing happened
0: a month from now. And if they'd have both already resigned, like just imagine.
1: They, they probably would not be in the position. Yep. They'd probably, they probably would not be in a stronger position than they are now. Cole especially, to be honest. Um, we'll see what happens. It's, yeah, it's, it's going to
0: be a very interesting time. But ultimately, no matter what happens, it's still really interesting and exciting. And no matter what decision they make, ultimately, I've said that word a lot tonight. I'm just trying to think of a way to, to sum this up. No matter what decision they make, it the best thing about this is it's a decision they can make for the reasons that yeah. they want to. So rather to. than wait to be cut. Because there's a lot of decisions right. that come about in life where you don't necessarily have control over it. And you've just got mm. to go with the hand that you're dealt, be it whatever it is mm. at all. So the fact that they both, well, Cole especially, but the fact that they both seemingly have got this option of, right, what do I want to do? And they can literally weigh up you know, the pros and cons like you talked about and figure out what's best for them. Because, you know, from a Cole perspective, he might think, you know what? I'd love to go to AEW, but I also don't want to overshadow, you know, my partner. Yeah, you know, there might be an element of like that. Yeah. And then give it like a year or two and then he yeah. could, could go over there maybe. Who knows?
1: Yeah. Um, I was just going to say, I was just going to say one final thing on, on the whole sort of contract and talent mm-hmm. side of things. I think... I think for WWE to let like main event talent like cold and Dunn to potentially leave and go straight to the competition would, it would be, especially after Cole has had this meeting with Vince McMahon. Oof, it's kind of like how, how that might damage the ego a little bit. I'm not sure uh, in terms of, I and mean, that sort of way. Ultimately, but,
0: it's like I said, though, the buck stops events.
1: I, Part of me thinks, or part of me hopes that with Punk appearing, hopefully on Rampage tomorrow, mm-hmm. and maybe with more talent coming in, like Murphy, like like, Dan, like Danielson, maybe Cole, maybe Dunn, I, I, part of me hopes that this transition of talent between these brands is going to be the sorely needed kick up the backside WWE has mm-hmm. needed for so long. But part of me just feels like it's not gonna happen. And it and it's and it's basically yeah, WWE are are, are inadvertently strangling themselves of viewers. They're, they're basically doing the they are they are in line to win a Darwin award for how to destroy a wrestling company or how to destroy a wrestling fan base. I,
0: I'm a firm believer that things are cyclical. Because there was a point where when the Attitude Era ended, it kind of felt like they'd hit the reset button a little bit. And again, there was kind of a more Mm. family, you know, orientated direction gradually. It wasn't immediate, but they definitely toned things down quite a bit. Like Ruthless Aggression, as great of an era as it was, it was nowhere near what the heck Attitude Era was. And then, you know, gradually it Mm. worked its way up again a little bit, like I talked about earlier. And now... It feels like we're in another one of those cyclical parts where this is like the reset button in a way, except this time it's been a developmental system. Mm. But there isn't an easy way to sort of move on from that. But but I do have one more NXT story for us to, for us to, to to make mention of before we wrap it up here. And I'm going to say this is arguably the biggest story of the day for NXT. This is the game,
1: Triple H. Not only is it a big week for WWE with SummerSlam on Saturday and NXT TakeOver 36 on Sunday, but it's a big week for UK as the football season has returned. Enfield in London has played a big part in the journey of NXT UK since the opening of our UK Performance Center. And that's why I'm proud to announce today the first of its kind partnership between NXT UK and Enfield Town Football Club in celebration of their 20th anniversary. As the UK's first supporter-owned football club, they share our passion in putting fans at the centre of everything we do. Be on the lookout for plenty of exciting things to come over the next few months. But for now, there's only one question left to ask. Enfield Town Football Club, are you ready? <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to quickly point out there the, some of the, the problematic uh, wording of what Triple H is like, you care what the fans think.
0: I know, right? There's there's a there's a great bit of irony in that. But if you go online, there are some wonderful promotional shots of an Enfield Town football club player wearing the shirt with the NXT UK logo as the main shirt sponsor spot, and a couple of wrestlers like posing near him, and he's just like, I think one's about to super, kick yeah, and him one as well. and he's just kind of like, what the heck is going on honestly it is it's like i get enfield's had a part to play but in a way the funnier part of all of this is that wrestling news sites have been reporting this but they clearly don't know who enfield town are and so they've reported it as though that they've signed with a premier league club because they may have heard anfield Uh, (laughs) thinking it was liverpool
1: no, so, no. I know there's a few Liverpool fans on the on the main roster talent side, but... Uh, I look forward
0: <laughs> to, to Wade Barrett acknowledging this on commentary, by the way.
1: Oh! I want
0: him to try and get an... Enf- look at that amazing I'm, team, Enfield Town. I, I want him to try and get a reference and during the NXT UK title match to Enfield Town.
1: <laughs> he probably will. He probably will. And he goes, then we're going to have some butt Lemonade alcohol seltzer.
0: I mean... <laughs> Wave the American flags! Oh, it's just... Yeah, I wanted to try and end on a randomly funny note because that is so dumb and funny. But but uh, but with that being said, everybody, thank you very much for listening to Bunker Mania here on Bunkerzilla. If you haven't already, make sure you check out our episode over on the Bunkerzilla YouTube channel where we looked back at the WWF Invasion pay-per-view from 2001, which mm. was the, the the big history-making event that saw WWF versus the at the time, known as the Coalition of WCW and ECW. So make sure you go and check that out if you do haven't do already. And of course all of the archives are also on Bug If you want to hear us talk about more wrestling from a while back, including our first episode just answering a bunch of random flipping questions. Because boy, that was random.
1: Yes. And I will say, do do check out the Invasion episode. There's wonderful things that take place. We uh, I try my hand at stage design. Uh, Jeremy does a beautiful reenactment of Stone Cold, come back, Stone Cold, Steve, <laughs> Stone Cold, and uh, and Stone Cold, and uh, yes, we, we also we also come to grips with the idea of a scaffolding match and uh, and a uh, Judy Bagwell on a forklift match and other wonderful things that happened around the time of the invasion. And there's even a reference to
0: TNA Impact on that episode. How is there one? Oh, you yes. You'll have to listen to find out, won't you? Or watch it, rather. Mm. If you would like to, speaking of, a, I mean, want, in terms of wanting to hear your thoughts and such, you can email us at contact at bunkazilla.co.uk. Send us your wrestling thoughts, questions. Let us know what you thought of TakeOver, SummerSlam if you really want to. And heck, even if you're excited for AEW's All Out, and if you enjoyed a podcast, make sure you hit that you hit that subscribe button. And we're looking at a few other avenues in due course to be able to make Bunkazilla available. But oh, right yeah. now, the YouTube channel is the place to go for episodes.
1: I was gonna say um as well, hopefully in the coming months. So Bunkazilla is currently going through a, a little bit of a brand refresh. Uh, per se, a more positive one than say NXT I suppose um so hopefully maybe not in September but maybe starting in the tail end of the year we are going to hopefully look to do maybe a live bunker bunker mania show monthly so we can have some so it'll be something like this where we cover like the main the main what's going on in each of the main brands over the like the, the month and so forth and uh, engage you guys let hear your thoughts talk about upcoming events talk about uh, we might talk about topics as well so um if you do want to be, if you want to obviously uh part of that obviously keep an eye on our social media and all that stuff but importantly give us a follow over on our twitch channel twitch.tv slash bunkers of the uk um plenty of great stuff coming up soon if you like video games if you like your films if you like your television and if you like your anime uh a whole new block of programming is coming very very soon from october so uh do give us a follow it's very exciting times uh i have i have actually been working on new branding today and i am i'm quite pleased with oh, this you go. nice one so uh yes Exciting! Exciting!
0: You stuff. know what else is exciting? Well, be it for good or bad, sometimes what? social media. So, Ian, if yes. people want to try and seek you out on social media, how can people discover you? Discover you? And if you've got any other plugs, now is the time to do it.
1: Well, if you'd like to follow me for my random thoughts on all things wrestling and also random film and TV and general everyday life, I'm on Twitter at twitter.com slash Dane. That's D E K E R and Dane as in The Great Dane. I also stream on Twitch on Mondays and Sundays. Monday evenings from 7.45 UK time. It's a little bit of a watch along. We watch some really weird animations we've gone through uh robocop alva Commando. we are currently still going through street fighter the animated series and it is a weird one in itself and on sundays i'm usually live around two o'clock it's simulator sunday where i try my hand at simulator games we've built theme parks we've tried to build hospitals we've flown planes and uh late i think one of the latest challenges is we're going to open a theme park with dinosaurs in what could possibly go wrong (laughs) history hasn't taught us anything has it (laughs) No, Jurassic Park taught us nothing. But yeah, Jurassic Park still gives us the tools to build a theme park. There you go.
0: In terms of me, if if you want to find me on on Twitter, you can find my account JeremyG, that's J-E-R-E-M-Y-G, and then two underscores immediately after it. I'm on there randomly, periodically. I'm hoping in the, the next month or so I might have far more I can say about some things I might be doing. So I'm looking to try and do some bits and bobs of my own. So stay on, uh, on the lookout for that. But uh, you may have seen, you may, for all you know, without realising, have seen me be involved in a couple of Ian's Decadene streams on the animation side of things. If it's a username you can't pronounce, mm. it's probably me. More to follow in the future.
1: <laughs> and there is a possible chance in the brand new Quiz Smash, Jeremy will probably be appearing at some <gasps> point as well. I need, I need to update my roster of contestants because I have... I think I've come up with a lot more rounds to, uh, to inflict on people. Um, for those listening, uh, Quiz Smash uh, is a monthly quiz show that we do on our Twitch channel, uh, Bunkers of the UK. And it, again, just like the, the main overall Bunkers of the brand, it is getting a little bit of a refresh. There are some familiar favourite rounds that stay in there, like The Price is Right for Fans, uh, Eliminate and stuff like that. There'll be, but there'll also be brand new rounds coming in as well, things like True or False and so forth. And uh, I might be doing the odd special all about particular genres. So it might just be about film. It might just be about anime. We might, shock horror, might do a wrestling quiz. Can I make one request? But then but then again, we'll try not, but obviously we'll try not to, uh, we'll try not to approach on WrestleTalk's uh, Mania because I love it Yeah, it's, it's, it's a lovely, It's a lovely show. And if you haven't checked, and if you haven't checked out QuizzleMania, go enjoy Mania. There's a great, ep- the last episode they did, they had um, Sam Roberts
0: and Wale, wasn't it? There was some banter there. One thing I will say, Ian, when it, when it comes to Quiz Smash, all I ask is please don't put me on the on the very Christmas themed episode because if that episode last year is anything to go by, I'm not the one to be on the Christmas episode because I don't do Christmas apparently. Actually, no, fact, I haven't done Christmas for a very long time.
1: Ah, uh, it's okay. We'll see how we go. We we'll see how we go. But I'm 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 quite excited about doing a new Quiz Smash. Yeah, it's like I could I could create a mini-league, my own super league. No, no, that'll just cause tears. We'll just have champion stays on, that's Big. all we'll do.
0: <laughs> Winner stays on. <laughs> anyway. So there you go, folks. We have been Bunker Mania here on Bunkerzilla. From myself, Jeremy Graves, from him, Mr. Ian Bolton, we are signing out and we'll talk to you in a post-NXT looking like it currently is world. In the words of that epic song that Ric Flair was given for for many, many video packages when he retired after WrestleMania 24. Leave the memories alone. Thank you very much. Enjoy the show. Discover more Bunkazilla originals at bunkazilla.co.uk.